Welcome to Hallmarked for Murder. I'm Kat. I'm Sarah. And today we are covering the fourth Crossword Mysteries. Is yes. that right? Yes. Wow. Time flies when you are solving murders based on riddles and puzzles. <laughs> How convenient. Exclusively. <laughs> Such convenient murder clues that they leave behind. Um, I mean, it is interesting. Like, this all took place, I guess, within, like, a three-year period is when they made the movies. Mm -hmm. And so, like, you think there would be, like, some type of, like, why is there this crime wave that's specifically related to, like, puzzles and... I have a theory. Okay. Uh, What if it's actually all... Tess, Tess masterminding this mm-hmm. to get closer to Logan. Ooh. Like a very long con. She's like, I'm going to engineer a series of murders wherein I am the only one that can help solve them. Uh-huh. And how is nobody like scrutinizing her in these situations that she just happens to find herself connected to all of these Right. Murders? I mean, it's like murder she wrote, right? Where it's like, yeah, there's a secret theory that Jessica Fletcher was actually the murderer in all of those cases because seriously how Mm. is and everyone's just like well she's just really good at it so like even like the police chief in this case is like I'm really glad you're involved in this Tess because the NYPD really needs you crossword puzzle editors they don't need more actually they probably don't need more detectives and officers um probably have too many but that's a different story but uh they they definitely also do not need tests but um we wouldn't have this movie terminal descent terminal descent if uh she didn't exist and also what an ominous effing name for a movie yeah well we get right into it in this movie they don't mess around like um Okay, so the synopsis for this movie is, after volunteering to participate in a crossword-solving competition with a new supercomputer, crossword puzzle editor Tess Harper finds herself swept up into the investigation of the bizarre murder of a tech CEO. This aired on Valentine's Day, (laughs) 2021. (laughs) If you want to celebrate your love with a nice elevator plummet in the first 30 seconds, This was for you. Um, It actually reminds me of an Aurora Tea Garden mystery, which we have not gotten to yet, um, where literally, like, you know, when when the movie first comes on and there's the rating in the corner, and it was a G rating, and literally 10 seconds into the movie, after they flash the G rating, a dead body is thrown from a plane and lands right in front of Aurora Tea Garden, like in her lawn. Gee. Actually, he might have been alive, and the fall killed him. Like, it's just... Wow. Okay. Um, this is directed by by Peter Benson, which I looked up because I was thinking that that was... I'm really realizing my mistake now, and maybe I shouldn't share this. <clears throat> I... No, I want you to share it. I thought that, Show that the people was were human. Mariska Hargitay's husband. Oh. Do you know who he is? He's actually been on a lot of Law and Order's views. 
episodes as like an attorney or something. He's he's got a very strong chin. Extremely no? handsome. Yeah. Yeah. Like wavy hair, strong chin. It's just gorge. Yeah. Nice big nose type mm-hmm. of guy. Yeah, strong features. I thought that was him. His name is Peter Herman. And now oh. I'm realizing that I made that connection because her character's name is Olivia Benson. Benson. Oh. <laughs> you know what? That's not as that's not a silly mistake okay. to make. That seems human, very human. I just realized that. Okay. Well, it turns out Peter Benson is somebody that I know. He uh, is a Hallmark staple. Oh. He's in a million Hallmark movies, a lot of the mysteries, which in, is confusing. In them. In them. As an actor. As an actor. He has, it's actually, it's definitely Invasion of the Hallmark Body Snatchers because he's, it's one thing if like you have characters that pop, or actors that pop up in a lot of the like romance ones, sure. but when they're the mysteries that are like, there's a little more world building, if you will. Okay. Or even if you won't. And so when you, then when you like place this actor, like all in these different worlds that are already like where they're an established character, like it's very confusing. Hmm. Anyways, he is most, he wasn't a mystery 101. He was the uncle who, uh, Graham's brother who was, <gasps> who disappeared himself. Yes. And, oh, that was a good episode. And he was like much younger than Graham and that was confusing. Right. Because he was Amy's uncle, but he, they looked like the same age. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, and then he's most well known for, he has a major part in Aurora Tea Garden. Okay. So anyways, apparently he directed this. So he's just stretching out his creative skills. It's great. Um, and it's written by Pierluigi Cothran. So we have another new writer. Honestly, it showed. It did. And I did listen to the the official Hallmark um, podcast that has now been canceled for unknown reasons. Interviewed him about writing this. And I learned almost nothing. That was useful to bring to this conversation today. Um, I wonder if that's what people are going to say when they listen to our podcast. Oh, well. (laughs) I kind of hope so. (laughs) Uh, It turns out, I did not learn this from that podcast. I learned this by other research, that he was, he was like a, he was like an assistant or, and then maybe like a little bit of a writer or story editor on Parks and Rec. Hmm. Pierre Luigi Cothran. Mm-hmm. And you know they put a lot of those um, writers and stuff like in Parks and Rec, like as yeah. parts or whatever. Yeah. So I kind of wonder. He looked a little familiar. So okay. Um, and then he also was like a story editor on Designated Survivor. Anyways, uh, he takes us on a journey. So this starts with maybe the most gruesome death I've ever seen on Hallmark, or just maybe in a minute. Um, just first 30 seconds, it talks to Tess for a second, gets on the elevator. I, I, I was wondering if we were going to bring that up because I was shocked. <laughs> I know they didn't show anything, but like the blunt force impact of that type of a free fall like there is nothing i mean there is decapitation there is there is limbs are coming off like oh god like there is blood 
literally that elevator is just it's unusable like burn it down there's nothing you're call the crime scene company and they'll be like even we can't handle this just kidding they're probably great um but like that is a truly horrific very gory death um and and mostly painless uh thankfully for the person death occurs like so quickly in those situations that but he he had a real plummet to, he did to think about during those plummets that. during those free fall situations the 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 things that scientists have learned from like zero gravity and free fall things is that our brain actually produces like a small bit of euphoria mm. as that's happening. So, I mean, I know that he was portrayed on screen to be very afraid, but I think once the free fall really engaged for him, he would have like had a little moment of euphoria, a sort of an expansion of his time perception, and then just a complete and utter destruction of his uh, tissues. Do you think that he did a little wee? I hope so, because I would want anyone to enjoy their last couple seconds you know that's why I hope to like be doing some kind of fun hallucinogen when I go I don't know okay could be fun we also have no theme song they got rid of the theme song yeah it's done I liked that they did uh-huh yeah that it seemed just out of place yes um, so Lachlan Monroe plays the CEO of a tech company called XCal and plummets to his death seconds after saying goodbye to Tess. And we did a little, I, can't, I actually didn't see it, but did they do like a four days earlier or something It was like a that? six hours earlier. Oh, six hours? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, it was so- like 9.30 a.m. on Wednesday when they flashed back and it was like, 3.30 p.m. on Wednesday oh. when they showed the the uh, eponymous terminal descent, the mm. titular okay. line of the movie. So we go to the Sentinel, and Tess finally has a normal freestanding desk with a chair and everything. Oh, wait, no, she doesn't. I From the camera angle at first, I was like, oh, this is nice. Yep. And then they pull back, and no, she's still not Movie weird. magic. Weird setup, only we find out, I guess, that the new crime reporter, Reed, is... I, I wrote it in my notes later. He's on like a diamond heist or something like that. So we instead get to know the tech reporter whose name is Frank Lamb. Okay. L-A-M. Okay. Uh, we find out Tess is supposed to be competing against a supercomputer named BB, Big Brain X. So she's completing a crossword puzzle in around two minutes. Yeah, it was like two minutes and 18 seconds or mm-hmm. something. And this lady standing next to her is like, great job, Tess. Beat another one. You beat yeah, another like one. Yeah, like how long have they been sitting there doing this? Yeah. And does she need the this lady to time her? I don't. Well, this lady is, I, I wonder, I hope you're getting into this. Josephine got canned, I thought, at first. Right. Uh, apparently she went to grad school. For what? Time management? <laughs> oh. Gotcha, Zing. Josephine. <laughs> That's a sick test hark burn for sure. Yeah, yeah, I really channeled her on that one. Um, it looks like the actress had a role in some TV shows I hadn't heard of, but um, I did see that she was in a Christmas movie with Lacey Chabert. Hmm. And she was in Christmas with a View, which you mentioned last oh. time and the time before. Right, right. I don't remember her at all, but apparently Nor she I. was in that. Nor I. 
So the new assistant, whose name I didn't... Sonia. Sonia. Uh, seems more confident and openly flirts right away with the tech reporter who is writing about BB, the supercomputer. So that's why they're supposed to be matched up. Um, and Logan, I thought, had a new partner and wondered what happened to Winston. We find out later. He's on vacation? I was confused by that whole thing. They're just temporarily matched up because Winston's on vacation. Yeah, Winston's, yeah, yes, Winston is on vacation. So we meet Detective Amrita Kapoor, who I really enjoyed. She was great. I liked her. She was, like, a fantastic actress. She, like, just kept it, like, so cool, calm, and collected. Wasn't like, you know what? This is my shot. I'm going to steal a scene. She was like, I, I'm i actually here to play like a pretty normal detective type person. And like and a significant role. She wasn't just like sort of, you know, yeah. someone for Logan to talk at or whatever. Tess meets up with Aunt Candace and is still wearing the charm bracelet that Logan got for her from Claire's. <gasps> Ooh, good eye. Missed that. Yeah, it's a little, it doesn't quite go with her outfits and her whole vibe, which is why it kind of stands out. I wonder if she got the clasp fixed. She must have gotten the clasp fixed. Otherwise, she would have lost it in the ensuing, I don't know, two years? I'm not sure <laughs> how long it's been. <laughs> but um, Oh, I did read that. I think this is one where they came back, pre, like, after COVID. One mm -hmm. of the first, this was one of the first movies, I think, that they made um, during COVID. And okay. so there was a comment, like a, an observation that maybe somebody felt like that, that maybe they normally would have done like more takes or different takes, but because they were filming during COVID, like it, it just had to like, they're just like, no, we're just going to go with this. Take. Mm, okay. I didn't totally notice that exactly, but. Yes. I'm not really watching these movies for the cinematography. Sorry mm -hmm. to the cinematographer. Aunt Candace is having an existential crisis because she fell asleep at the opera, which seems totally reasonable to me. I don't, she seemed to think that was. I mean, I, yeah. Who, do people watch them all the way through? If so, who are those people? <laughs> also, I guess Candace is an, I mean, an established art lover in quotes and capital letters and is now like an underlined art hater. Like she's over it. She's like, the opera is not my thing. Yeah. In the first movie, see, she said she had a passion for opera. Um, but I thought maybe this is a good lesson that life is change mm -hmm. and that sometimes we need to reevaluate what we're doing or what we normally do to, to just, does this still fulfill us? Like to have a little check-in. Oh, yeah. Like what constitutes, what comprises my identity? And is that something that is still you know, worthwhile to me to, yeah, con just, to continue. Just because it's something we've done in the past or something that was part of our identity for most of our life doesn't mean that we just like will do that forever or that things won't change. Hmm. You bringing this up really plays into my later personal cat. So oh, okay. we'll, we'll revisit this idea. Yeah. A friend of mine was just telling me he used to be really into Toastmasters hmm. and it was like really involved. That's why he met his wife. Like that's with, with this was their whole community, all their friends and stuff. And he told me recently that he actually just, like, realized that he didn't really need that anymore. It was, like, when he was doing a very physical job, he needed the intellectual stimulation for mm -hmm. that Toastmasters provided. But now he has a very intellectual job, and now he needs his he needs his hobby to be more physical. So he's gotten into, what else, pickleball. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
that's pretty topical. I thought that seemed really, um, that was really uh, provoking for me to think about like, yeah, we don't, we don't need to keep doing the same things forever and we can move on to different things, like no matter what it is in our life. I love that. Yeah. Good for Candace. What do we think goes in the crossword club newsletter that Tess <laughs> has been working on? Like, well, one, I'm glad to know that she does have some other type of role at her. Is this a job related? I kind of got the impression it was like, oh, an, maybe it's the work. Yeah. If it's another extracurricular, I will stamp <laughs> my foot in frustration because no, but I think maybe for starters, like a crossword puzzle. I mean, what else would, what else was in there? Maybe some dictionary page recommendations. She's like, everyone turn to page 238. Let's go through all of the B-A-A words. I don't I don't really know the numbering system of the dictionary. Yeah, but. I don't know. A photo of cats. Some, someone who submitted a really good puzzle. I don't hide M- spotlight. Maybe like spotlight um, on the ergonomic theater. pen grips, like mm-hmm. for your arthritic wrist as you're filling out your crossword puzzle. Mm-hmm. What's the mm-hmm. proper position to prevent carpal tunnel or like a ma- one of those magnifying things because the print is always really small for the clues that's true or one of those cool like little an ad for like those little jewelry guy little head visor oh, yeah. things where they can like flip down their little magnifying glass really dig into that puzzle okay we meet an old friend of tessa's whose couch Tess crashed on when she first moved to the city from indiana was it her goat farm in indiana yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. Uh, so her name is Viv, and she works at a big tech company, um, the aforementioned XCal, and enlisted Tess to compete against a supercomputer as part of some exhibition. So we meet Paul Redford, the VP of XCal, who is Hallmark's answer to Matthew Good. Do you know who Matthew Good is? I do not. He's a British actor. He was in Atonement. I guess he was on Down Abbey. Um, he's in Leap Year with Amy Adams, which I enjoy. I still don't know who this is. He was also in, um, there were those two movies that were made about the president's daughter running away and having escapades. Is that, was that Michelle Trachtenberg? Um, this is the one with Mandy Moore. Oh, okay. And he plays the love interest in that. He's like supposed to be protecting her, but then they fall in love. All I can conjure in my mind is like vague white guy, dark hair, blurry image. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I find him extremely handsome, which as you know, I don't find very many celebrities attractive. Right. For some reason. Um, But I probably he is one. Um, He also happens to look like my ex-husband. Oh, I think there's huh. resemblance there. Paul Redford or Matthew Paul Redford Good? and Matthew Good. Okay, both look both like look like your ex. All three of them look similar. Have similar features. I can get that from Paul Redford and 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 also his British accent. Mm-hmm. That that doesn't look like your ex husband, but yeah, I, I think I also in the past have looked up to see if he's actually British, and I think he is because his accent sounds a little fake. It does sound. <laughs> does sound fake. I think he's actually British. <laughs> um, I tried to look that up, too, and I, I, I couldn't figure it out. Like, I remember, I, like, in a previous, he's, he's Invasion of the Hallmark Body Center. Oh, yeah. For sure, because he's, like, 
I was very, I was con- had a lot of confusion when I saw him, which is what happens when they've overused Hallmark actors. Because yes. I'm like, <laughs> I've seen this guy in like 12 different movies, and sometimes he's like a villain. Sometimes he's the good guy. Sometimes he's, didn't he? Oh, he played um, Tim Amy's, Bishop. Yes. Ex- ex-boyfriend? Ex-boyfriend, right? Yeah. Yeah. In that TED Talk one? Yeah. And uh, Travis was jealous. Nerd alert. Wee wee. Yes. So Morgan Daniels is the ex Cal CEO with. Uh, so the supercomputer is like artificial intelligence. I don't. Well, that was kind of. I mean, I am in no way a tech genius, although I was the go-to VCR programmer for all my friends' parents in high school for some reason. Uh, And I sort of was under the compression that, like, under the impression, rather, that, like, a supercomputer is just a very highly powered processing machine. Um, and, And then AI is something different. But perhaps, I mean, correct us, tech nerds, if we're wrong. But, like, maybe you need a supercomputer to power that intense of an AI. Uh, I don't know, but I do believe the two are discrete terms and uh, and are used pretty interchangeably in this, which is maybe like a lock. What was his name? Pierre Luigi Cothran. Uh-huh. Maybe he was like just a little more focused on the what I consider spoiler alert to be the most cohesive plot of any of these mystery movies so far. You think this is the most cohesive? It is. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That's interesting. Um, so Morgan Daniels is played by Lachlan Monroe. Did you recognize him? No, I wrote generic business-looking guy in my notes next to him. He has he does play that guy in a lot of Hallmark movies, but he I know him most from Night at the Roxbury. Oh, I haven't seen that. And this, uh, I was prompted to go to YouTube and look up clips of him from Night at the Roxbury, That's exciting. which was enjoyable. Was I he think. like a coke-fueled film and uh, video exec in that movie, or he's their buddy? Oh. He's their trainer. Okay. And so he, I think, is coke-fueled, but also he's, like, really into, like, he actually turns out to be, like, actually the, probably the most together person in that movie at the end. Interesting. And he ends up marrying Molly Shannon. So that was interesting to see him in these sort of, like, he's an older business gentleman roles. So just before Morgan plummets, he's talking to Tess when... Jesse, a young coder person, uh, comes up telling him that he can't go. I should revise this. Okay, so telling him that there's some technology that Morgan has put together. And she doesn't think that it's ethical to go forward with selling it because it will be used for evil. Right. Specifically, she doesn't want him to sell it to the government. Yes. And and that presumes our country, the United States government, which, I mean, she's right. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I I think I I get into that a little bit later because there's just a lot of that. Okay. Tess also almost gets on the elevator with Morgan, but luckily he's really rude and doesn't hold it for her. Or she would have been... Like, just had her guts all over that place, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. And it would have taken Logan, like, calling her phone over and over to be like, 
um, Tess, why haven't you showed up randomly at my murder scene yet <laughs> to then realize that, <laughs> in fact, the goo that he scraped off of his oh, shoe God. was her. Oh, boy. Woo, shock value. We find out, yeah, Winston's on vacation. So Kapoor is a temporary partner to investigate Morgan's death. Um, they specific, the commish, somebody, mayor, specifically ask for Logan since he has the highest clearance rate. Mm-hmm. Which Lingo. A, a clearance rate isn't always the best thing. Like clearance rates for homicides actually used to be much higher than they are now, which is a good thing because... They used to just, like, arrest people and convict people based on almost nothing. Right. And now, like, we try to use, like, actual facts and evidence and stuff. Sometimes, I think, yes. So, actually, I think that um, maybe I don't know how, how great it is. I mean, I know we, we, we trust that Logan is. But he does, like, he does tend to, like, just sort of go for, like, the easiest explanation or, like. He does. And, he, he, and that's why Tass comes in and is like... He, for some reason, needs the Sentinel's crossword puzzle editor to, like, be his moral compass on, like, finding the actual correct evil person. Or really just to, like, be like, but I just don't feel like they could have done it, so... Oh, they could never. I you know, saw... I, the, what, what about this other very small, insignificant thing that you would never pay attention to, but I'm going to bring it to your attention... That ends up solving, pointing to a whole different other person. Ah, Tess, I roll fun smirk. Yeah. So I guess, like, if we, it would be interesting to go back and watch these movies that if Tess wasn't involved, like, would would Logan have arrested the wrong person and the wrong person had been convicted? And that would lead to a high clearance rate, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right person that they convicted. I mean, he does. I think the thing is that she's just always like a slight step ahead of him because he does end up at the right like location because she's always there for their for their like fifth consecutive meat sleuth in this series. So like he does get there. He's just like seconds behind her. Mm, okay. Um, the safety features were overridden on the elevator, which makes this murder. Murder, murder. Tess and Logan have an adorable meat sleuth where Logan notes her haircut, which I did not notice. Oh, it was the first thing I wrote down. Oh, okay. Finally, finally good hair. Oh, okay. And tells her she looks good. Also, I literally walked in just now and asked if you got your haircut and you said, yeah, like a month ago. Yes, that did happen. <laughs> Listeners, um, that did happen. So I guess I just have a bit of a blind spot. Whereas I'm apparently extremely concerned because all of my notes contain references to everyone's hair oh, okay. in these movies. I just haven't focused on it a lot because it seems really boring to everyone else. But um, yes, finally, good lacy hair. Okay. Yeah, she had a little <laughs> bit of that. We've hair. talked about it before, the sort of like the wavy and then it's like straight at the bottom and that's the look they're going for. Yeah. That's a specific style. It is. Could be argued not a good one, but lots of people wear it. I guess popularity is one of those mysteries of fashion that I'll never understand. I mean, she always looks great, I think. Yeah. (laughs) 
Tess gives Logan a tip that the guy who watered the office plants didn't know a specific plant genus or species, and he doesn't care, which is fine. You shouldn't care about that. That was, that's legit. <laughs> Morgan controlled everything about Excal, so the company and technology is useless without him. Unless he was hacked, but if he was, it had to come from inside the building. Very, the, you know, calls coming from inside the house mm -hmm. energy. Yes. But then, like a few minutes later, Tess is still hanging around the crime scene, as she does, and catches a different plant waterer. And finally gets Logan's attention about the plants because she says it's a basic information for this guy, for anyone to know, like the genus or species of this plant. The fiddle leaf fig. You mean ficus lorata? Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's the basic information. Pretty basic. I uh, did not know that nor care to know that and plan to forget that I know that after this recording session so well I mean I'm I'm a fairly decent gardener yes um this is true my boyfriend is a biologist and so we have this constant thing where we'll be out and about and I'll be like oh I really love this so-and-so and then my boyfriend will will uh, name the latin name for the plant and there's, like, there's no reason that as a gardener that I would ever know or need to know the, like, Latin name for the plant and I mean, vice versa. For as him as a scientist, there's no reason for him to know the common name for it. Like, right. those are two pretty different. Right. And I don't know that the plant waterer guy needs to know really any of either of those. His um, plant crew shirt, which is what was written on the back <laughs> of his shirt, uh, I mean, that does sort of seem like, I guess if you're part of the quote plant crew, like you would know some basic stuff, but like how much it needs to be watered, but like he was just digging in the dirt. It was like the most suspicious thing a plant crew person could have been doing to a potted plant. Like, what are you, you like just walk up to it, dig in the dirt for 25 seconds and walk away. Like, Unless you're using, like, strips to test the pH of the soil, like... Hmm. That's possible. I don't know. Soil test? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe Cracked they do fertilizing open. as well. Maybe. Um, yeah, they had really nice, like... Were those, like, coveralls? Yeah, they, like, they, the they looked logo? very cozy. They like, very fun. I wonder navy if Navy blue coveralls. Is that, like, in a, in a costume room somewhere? Maybe okay. next year for Halloween. I'll That'd be part be of the plant crew. <laughs> We'll, we'll both do it, and then somebody will, will point out, like, I thought there was only one that was supposed to be covering here. So one of you must be planting, planting bugs. And then they'll find my our forearm tattoo and be like, <gasps> immediately find out that you immediately are part of a motorcycle. Google it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Okay. Oh boy. Um, so Logan does listen to her and finds a bug hidden in the fig tree soil. Uh, we find out the main rival for, uh, Excal is Eisner Industries. Was that it? Eisner Industries. Mm -hmm. And there's some discussion of corporate, corporate espionage. Correct. In the tech world. Yep. Pretty boring stuff overall. Mm hmm so, okay, Reed, the crime reporter that we met in the last movie, is wrapped up in a case about big robberies in the Diamond District. 
Okay. So he's on another movie or TV show or something, and we get um, Frank. The tech reporter is covering this case. Um, this often happens in Hallmark movies because, like, all these mystery series, it's just, like an ensemble cast. Like, you yeah. have to bring back, like, Josephine and Winston and all that. And it's hard to get everybody back because of scheduling. So, like, you do often, like, in these series, like, we'll get some random reason why someone's not there. And then have some random other person fill in for them, mm. their role. Tess remembers that Plant Guy had a tattoo and immediately finds it online. And that it's a logo of a specific New York motorcycle gang. So, of course, she goes to their like headquarters or clubhouse or whatever, and then calls Logan in the parking lot. Right. And it's like, I'm here. And he says, no, tests are very dangerous. And she's like, I don't give a flying flip. I am here. Hang up. Click. I'll talk to you later. If I'm alive. She's wearing this amazing leather jacket combined with like a silky camisole. That I, you know, they always like kind of pair her tough leather jackets with like a very like very feminine silky Mm. blousy things Mm -hmm. and I I think it works on her and good thing she's wearing a leather jacket so she can fit in at the uh, motorcycle club right yep except right when she walks in everybody's like there's like just a record scratch and everybody but like well the bartender was tough for like two seconds and then just immediately spills about who the plant guy is who of course has his picture up on the right wall right I know if I know anything about the MCs uh, of our world, it's that they are notorious for elaborate photo documentation of each and every member <laughs> posted, <laughs> visible, and available at their um, public-facing headquarters uh-huh. for anyone to see. Yes, uh, Logan comes to rescue her, but finds her holding court with a huge group of motorcyclists. Is there a di- am I, is there a different name? I'm not bikers. Bikers. Oh my god! I knew. It. At first, I was saying cyclists, and I was like, no, that's that's not the same thing. Um, telling a horrible punchline. Yeah, yeah, very horrible punchline. One that I made a lot of note of because it is sort of like involves a specific play on word about two di- a play on words about the two different meanings of the word hog that's always but like life. there's actually three meanings of the word hog and the third one was just not even mentioned at all but i was kind of like are they referencing this sort of like mm, less savory third meaning of the word hog um the more i say hog the more uncomfortable i'm getting okay. but yeah basically tessa's uncle thought that his wife was buying him a hog a.k.a. a motorcycle, but instead she bought him a hog, a.k.a. a pig? To eat? For their anniversary? I don't... It was, I mean, goat farming, Indiana, hogs, motorcycles. But the uncle, we're assuming, is Candace's husband. Was well, my assumption. It could have been some other uncle, though. I'm, I'm... So I'm imagining it was a different uncle. Okay. Yeah. Someone a, a, little, a bit less genteel than Candace. Sorry, let's, I just, this just occurred to me. When Tess first moved to the city, why didn't she stay with Candace? Why did she stay? Mm. Why did she crash on Viv's couch? Maybe Candace was mad at Tess. Or maybe Tess was like, I'm going to make it on my own. And yeah. so didn't tell Candace she was mm-hmm. there. Yeah, that may be it. Because she's so plucky. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's very plucky. Um, so, yes, it's always wordplay with Tess is how she charms everybody with her just, like, knowing everything. That's really charming. <laughs> I'm going to, like, wheeze with laughter because the next, like, line of this dialogue between Tess and Logan really got me as they step out of the motorcycle club. What was that one? Uh, he's like, Gall, darn it, Tess, you're just always doing crazy things with bad people, very unsavory characters. And she's like, oh, well, he was, Hammer was really nice. And he's like, oh, do you know how Hammer got his name, Tess? And she's like, I don't know. I guess I thought he worked in construction. <laughs> and he's like, no, felony assault, beating someone to death with a hammer. He was my first caller. And Tess is like, well, he seemed nice. And I was just like dying, like why is she just okay with this like information she's like oh beat somebody with a hammer i mean in my perception maybe he's just misunderstood logan um also why is he not still in prison logan hasn't been a cop for like 45 years um i guess i don't know what you would get sentenced to if you beat someone to death or whatever with a hammer but it's yeah maybe they didn't die did they die Maybe not. I might have just... Oh, felony assault. Felony assault. That's so right. Not murder. Yeah, yeah that's felony real, assault. the attempted... Yeah. If you actually survive a murder attempt, then everything's fine. Yes. The murder... Attempted murder is... Well, yeah. Anyways, uh, another wordplay moment for Tess where she's like, ah, I thought he worked in construction. Uh, yes. I made a note. Tess fake laughing it up. Yes. Lots I really got it this time. And I, and then I was like, is it re, is it like a real fake laugh? Like, she's like actually fake laughing to like distract Logan. Is that like is her character like putting on a fake laugh, or is that just that she can't do a convincing laugh on I'm, screen? I'm actually wondering if it's not so much the laugh, but like it's maybe her face. Like it, I feel like maybe her face. It's like my sister will often say, "That's funny," but she doesn't actually laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe it's like that, that Tessa's face is not conveying that she's laughing, but yet the sounds are coming out of her mouth. And so it just doesn't quite. Oh, yes. Her face kind of like a, ha, ha, conveys ha. almost nothing ha, ha. emotionally. Um, but her voice seems to, but yeah, maybe that's it. It's a disconnect between like the lack of movement and any of her facial features and, um, the <laughs> very disingenuous <laughs> laughter sounds emitting from her vocal cords. Yeah, the, I, they also just sounds a little phoned in. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that was the 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 best take they could get. That's a good. Yeah, that's maybe that's it. A casualty of COVID. Tessa's fake laugh. Yet another. She gets the info that Logan needs to fl- find the plant guy. Uh, we know he's a criminal because he's wearing a black leather vest and a spiked bracelet. Mm-hmm. As we know, node knew the other guy in the magician one was a criminal because he was wearing a gigantic skull ring. Yes. Yeah. Skull ring so guy. like jewelry indicators of mm-hmm. criminality. Yep. Let's go, Real theme. Go here. to that costume room and see what you can find. Eisner hired the plant guy to be the plant guy <laughs> at XCal to steal info, which like the, the 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 recorded audio downloads to this guy's 
apartment? That seemed weird to me. Yeah. Like, wouldn't it go to, like, doesn't Eisner have, like, a... Yeah. Like a... Supercomputer himself? Under, undercover know. tech guy who does all his evil tech do's, doings? Yeah. Deeds? I had some questions about... This was, like, maybe one of the only loose plot threads I, I came across. Was oh. Eisner in his supposed shady tech stealing dealings versus his, like later distrust of people who try to sell stolen tech yeah i mean he turned out to be a good guy right he did but like but he did hire eric the plant guy because they used to be grade school buddies and like and like so he did he was all like up on his high horse about turning in the stolen information the technology but he's putting bugs in the yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, that's very not, confusing. So okay. I think they just kind of forgot that they did that. <laughs> Our people are just very complicated. You know, we're full yeah. of contradictions. Right? Who can remember? Who can remember? Morgan Daniels started Excal with a partner, Greg Gregory Sackoff, but booted him before they went just before they went public. Which is that based on like a real life thing? Was that like the whole like Facebook thing or I think that a lot of them do that. Like, didn't Steve mm. jo- Jobs do that? And like, yes, I think so. Bill Murray, no, Gates, Bill Gates probably did that. And like, a lot of them, a I lot think, of those. Yeah, I think so too. Guys, uh, Tessa's friend at XCal, who we met before, her name is Vivian Banks. Wasn't <gasps> that the mom on Fresh Prince? That is the mom. <laughs> Wait, yeah, Vivian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the mom on Fresh Prince. Aunt Viv. Logan tries to track down Jesse, who seems to have bailed. She there was like an awkward interaction with a neighbor who was like watching her and saw her leave, leave of the duffel bag. Yeah. Which is maybe we, we need to do some fanfic with that guy, maybe. Maybe. Tess and Logan have some banter where Tess shrewdly observes that Logan puts on a tough guy act to keep people at arm's length. Mm-hmm. Eisner Industries made an offer to buy Excowl, and Logan finds out that they did lose that government contract because Morgan kept all the info on his hard drive. So without the hard drive, they were like, just, just that was it. Whoops. Like this gigantic company <laughs> with a huge building, like all the technology and a or whatever. super computer. <laughs> and like he, there only one guy had the password. One guy. And so without, the whole company's just going to dissolve because he didn't, like, write down his password or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) I really actually love the inattention to, like, tech detail in this movie because, like, it's, I think, a pretty boring subject in general. Like, to show on screen, I think it's really difficult. It's fascinating in real life, like, when people are good at these things. Um, But... On the screen, it's, like, it's just, like, incredibly dry to, like, film this or, like, talk about it or, like, write about it in a very compelling way. I I, I know some people do it well, but, like, they clearly don't. And, like, good. Like, you don't have to. We get it. Like, all we're here for is, like, this generic overlay of, like, generic murder mystery with puzzle clues to get to the meat of it, which is this these interactions between Tess and Logan. Mm-hmm. Yes. And to see her leather jackets. 
That's what I'm here for. Yeah. Um, so Tess's thing is that she knows everything. I guess that's like her personality is that so she knows about like motorcycles, then she knows about cars and she offers to drive. She's a real guy's girl. I guess. Oh, actually, I do have a question for you. Just moving back ever so slightly. Like she tells Logan, you put up a tough act to keep people at arm's length. But like, I kind of think Tess puts up an act to keep people at arm's length too. And she like envelops herself in this like, this like intelligence sort of thing. Um, Although I do not think that Tess is consciously doing that. Whereas Logan might consciously be doing that. I, I feel like Tess had to like, has to like, practice empathy whereas Logan kind of actually like innately has it um because we talked about Tess being like a type five like on the Enneagram yeah I didn't write that down I don't think but I was thinking that same thing in this one that like she does seem to use well I I think it's like it is a way to it it's meant to or I don't know if it's meant to but it's uh, creates distance it does. It creates but a lot of distance. the way they write some of these movies is that, like, people are very charmed by it and really, like, drawn to it, which I don't think but is IRL, realistic. no yeah. way. But so Logan, actually, when he's having this conversation with Tess in the car, are they in a car? I don't know. But uh, this is pre-cafe scene, I think. They, they're having this conversation, and he says something like, oh, you have to, um, you have to, like, help everybody like you're always constantly sacrificing your own time and your own stuff to like help everybody and first of all that's like a very type two thing and second of all she definitely doesn't anyone with that amount of extracurriculars like is doing a lot for themselves as they as they have like a perfect right to do but I feel like Logan was sort of uh extrapolating the type of person that maybe he wants to think Tess is this like very selfless like pours herself into other people person um and he sort of was like encouraging her to you know do stuff for herself more but I just that that felt really weird to me like we've seen nothing like Tess does many things for herself everything in fact and like yeah and also it's like she does things like for other people or or like like tasks or whatever but like I wouldn't say that she emotionally Pours herself, pours herself into other people, into other people or is a like a, every interaction sh- she has is like a fact finding mission yeah so we're like that she's really even like a good person to talk to about like if someone someone coming to her for like an emotional issue or right. whatever I don't know that she's she's not portrayed that way and like that's mm-hmm. fine she but they sort of like have to balance her against like Logan like she has to have a purpose and so people tell her a lot of things um because she like brings her eyebrows together a little bit and like opens her eyes at them. And so they're like, ha, let me tell you everything. But like, there's not an actual like emotional connection there. She's just sort of like information gathering because I think she might actually be like a very hard line, like type five. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as somebody who um, has been a know-it-all and struggles with being a know-it-all, I can uh, tell you the people do not find it charming. Oh, we we vibe on that really, <laughs> really strongly, Kat. Um, they do not find it charming. Um, but, you know, whatever. Just do you. You don't have to be charming. That's not no, I, your goal in life. No, you know? I, will not, I will not be Tess Harper. Okay, let's see. 
Oh, so she knows how to drive a stick. Right. Which <laughs> I also learned how to drive a stick, but it just it seems like it's it just is a little overkill. It's like she's driving a stick in a stilettos. Oh I think God, not, yes. ma'am. I think not. Oh my God. Immediately I was like No. Did she take them off? Hopefully. Well, and then she was put driving them on them before she back got on. Out. But when she I noticed when she got out of the car that she was still wearing them. Yeah. Um, so Logan is visiting Morgan's wife, who is having an affair with Keith, Keith Eisner, which is, that's super unnecessary oh plot point. Oh my goodness. Just, well, we just needed just, another suspect thrown in the mix. That's intense. Like, man, I, I don't, if, if like my ex-husband, I, he did, had no rivals, but like if he had like a professional rival or a personal, like a nemesis, like what if I... You have a nemesis, nem- nemesis now, Sarah. Like, what if I... Oh, I do. I did try to date him at one point. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was told that it would not work out. So... I'm so grateful. I don't know if our nemesis capability would have threaded into your relationship or not. I don't know. Who can know? Um, so anyways, Keith Eisner is the one that hired the plant guy to bug the Excal offices, but he's dating. Are they divorced? They're not divorced. They're like separated. I think they're separated for like a year though. Okay. Like the last year. Yeah. That's. Intense. And she knows nothing about what goes on at Excal. She's like, I stay out of it. Although she was a lawyer before she's a, according to Logan, a lawyer turned socialite. That's right. Yeah. So she's not like a, you know, trophy wife, I don't think. I think she had her own. She's very intelligent. and So, of course, Logan and Tess have a meet sleuth where she pulls into Morgan's driveway driving his fancy sports car in huge heels, mm-hmm. I also noted. They plan to go to the hospital to check out a lead on why Morgan has been going to that hospital every week. But first visit a diner together finally finally like this was the scene i'd been waiting for okay this is the best best scene of the whole the whole thing where they i guess get some burgers and fries and two huge glasses of water mm-hmm. gigantic too big mm-hmm. uh, they do some mid-movie bonding where we learn that tess called off an engagement <gasps> yeah this was real news to me but also I think fits with many of the theories I hold about Tess and her character. Um, But I was like, oh, finally, she's like very basically sharing like some tangible bit of personal information, like knowing that you can drive a stick, knowing that you milked goats, like knowing that your uncle drives a hog and you drive the hog with him. Like none of that stuff is like, who you are as a person that is like plot points and like we all have those and those like make up our life story but they are not like the meat of who Tess Harper is as a person and I feel like this isn't either the divorce or the fiance thing but like it's finally some tiny bit of insight into like her emotional life and Logan I has never gotten that and any and I don't He's, like, never gotten a shred of that from her. Kind of. But even then she was like, yeah, it just didn't work out. Like, it just didn't feel right. Like, there right. was no real. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't feel like I got a whole lot of insight into that. There, like, there wasn't, but I did appreciate that we learned that something you and I have talked about a lot, that things, there doesn't have to be like a big capital R reason. Like things just not feeling right can be enough of a reason, like to trust yourself and trust your instincts and like move in a different direction. And so like, I I think I am, well, I no doubt am reading way too much into this, like, one line of dialogue. But I do appreciate getting that little bit of insight into this, like, idea that Tess maybe is guided by a slight bit of intuition in some of her life decisions. Feel free to disagree. No, I, yeah, no, I think that's good. You're right. And then also just that the same thing as, like, we were saying before, that, like, you can, something might seem okay or be right for a certain period of time. And then you just need to like re reevaluate and, and touch base with yourself to see like, is this, is this really what I still need? Is this what I need in the future? Do I need to make a change? And so it sounds like she did that. I think so. They realize that somebody ripped off the hard drive from Morgan just before he stepped on that elevator. And we all remember that a woman with pink streaked hair bumped into him before he talked to Tess because we saw it twice. We did. In case we were folding laundry. Um, she is a temp named Layla who came highly recommended by the elusive Jesse. Mm -hmm. Tess and Candace have a very fun looking coffee date. That I really, at the time, I was like, oh, my God, that looks really fun. I know. I kind of, I want to have that coffee date with you. Mm -hmm. I think we'd enjoy that. Yeah. Of course, Tess did not touch her, like, pastries or whatever that she had. But God, no. Carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. And they chat about Logan and Chauncey. Um, the writer's wife, I did find out from the, the podcast that his wife is an LMFT, a licensed marriage and family therapist. Oh, so I did kind of wonder if he added in a little bit of that part, like about um, that they make an, uh, um, Candace makes an observation that Logan dives into danger head first, but he's being very avoidant talking about his dad or talking to his dad about this retirement issue. Okay. Um, and then also like the whole thing about like that Logan puts on this act to put distance between him and other people like him and his emotions yeah so I felt like maybe some of that came from the writer's um experience with his wife like yeah being able to like correctly identify although I would still argue that Logan is way more in touch with his own emotions than Tess <laughs> yes but yes perhaps that was sort of an LMFT insight and cool I like that mm -hmm. bring yeah. your bring your personal life in a little mm -hmm. bit uh, by the way, there's a subplot in the movie about Chauncey wanting to retire because he has trouble. He had trouble learning a new computer system once. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And we get that whole like um, never mentioned again interplay between him. Like you used to be able to just call someone on the phone and get a real human and then you could get your file that you needed, son. And then like this also sort of like glorification of AI and supercomputers like on the other side of this plot um, and it's like sort of I, I thought it was a very weak like attempt at creating like tension um, that again like Pierre Luigi we don't need it but I appreciate your effort but like we, we just don't need that like juxtaposition um, 
in this tech plot because you don't explore it any further. <laughs> you just lead it straight into like, I, Chauncey needs to retire. Well, and also like it's a little weird because we're supposed to, supposedly the O'Connor men are, are kind of closed off and don't share things or whatever. But I feel like his dad is like all emotions and very 100%. touchy-feely. 100%. And, like, it's a little weird to me that he's the police chief because he's, he seems just like... Did you ever see How to Marry an Axe Murderer? Yeah, in the, high school. The boss, the the police chief in that is like just like really just 100% focused on like his detectives like feelings and how they're doing. Yeah. Are they okay? Yeah. Like he's very like touchy, like hugs. Yeah. Hey, do you want to talk about it? Like I feel like that's Chauncey's. I mean, it totally. Chauncey's like your pie-eating grandpa who's like... <laughs> You know, I didn't go through a lot of trauma in wars, and so I'm here to talk to you about your emotions, which I, I, I mean, I haven't experienced that personally, but I'm sure they exist. Logan goes to check out Layla's apartment at the exact second that she's killed. Oh. Like, he literally, like, buzzes her apartment, and then it's like, pew, pew, and yeah. then she's, ah, yeah. crash, glass Done. breaking, tinkle, exact tinkle. second. Um, oh, we got a uh, uh, talk to me. Which yeah. I had been missing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is definitely a different writer. But uh, could Back be... to the male writers. <clears throat> yes, back to the male writers. But he, this was also after he got hit over the head. Oh, that's right. So he, it just sort of regressed him back to... That, I, 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 I gasped audibly. Oh, when he got... When he got hit, hit over the head. I was yeah. not expecting that um, at all. And so that was a little, a little frightening to mm-hmm. me. I moved on quickly because he was apparently completely fine. He got an ice pack from somewhere. Where did he get the ice pack? Oh, maybe they called Does the emergency medical like, services. Do they carry ice packs yeah. with them? Oh, okay. Yeah. They have a little cooler with, like, some Cokes and... <laughs> no, they're, like, gel packs. They have to break and activate the ingredient oh, okay. and then they cool down. Well, it seems kind of, re- like, practical. Like, if you have, like, a severed finger or something you just toss that in there like maybe they could, do have actual ice, ice yeah i don't i'm not sure a little cooler i mean they'd have to stop all the time to refill it <laughs> just in case they find a missing limb mm-hmm. um more long blazers is a note that i made she loves the long blazer frank the tech reporter gets an exclusive with morgan's reclusive former partner who never does interviews <laughs> But who they interview in front of a very gentle fire, and he's a real chatty. Like, he just immediately just tells them literally every single detail. Yeah. About whatever. Yeah. Um, so there was a third member of their group, Gwen. Gwen When they first started out, and she and Morgan used to be an item. And then apparently, right after that, she after they broke up, she died in a car accident. Is that suspicious? Oh, I thought that was totally suspicion. I thought we were going to go down that path, but it, it, we didn't. We did not. Um, you know, sometimes a car accident is just a car accident. I mean, they're very common. Correct. He had really good uh, sick person makeup he on. He did. I noticed that, too. Yeah, it looked really good. He's terminally ill. I He's guess. ill. I Some ill. Ill? He's ill of some it, sort. I was confused because... He Morgan had to go to the hospital every week to visit him, I guess, right? And but why couldn't he go meet with him in front of the gentle fire? Like, why did he have to go to the hospital to see him? Hmm. I mean, maybe 
<clears throat> it sounds like he has like a kidney, like kidney failure. Mm. So maybe he's going to get his dialysis, which is usually like a few times a week. So maybe Morgan's like, you know, for one of your dialysis sessions, I'll come and be your like dialysis buddy. Oh, okay. Perhaps. Yeah, distract him all. Yeah. Do oh, Maybe okay. they do a crossword puzzle together. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, Layla shopped the hard drive around to different tech companies, but only got a hold of Eisner. Uh, Chauncey has a great... Uh, line. Pierre Luigi, nice job. There's so much smoke around Eisner, I'm starting to choke. I loved that line. Yeah, that was good. Good job, Pierre mm-hmm. Luigi. P? Nice. P.L.? He'd been watching some, like, Columbo or Murder, She Wrote yes. or something. Yes. Logan goes to the Eisner headquarters, where a guy at the front desk kills his one line, which is... Do you have an appointment? Yeah, he did. He delivers <laughs> so well. <laughs> so much sass. Do you have an appointment? Furrowed eyebrow, ske- skeptical look. Like, who the H are you? And do you have an appointment? And if not, I will send you right back out that door. That was like all the energy he was putting into it. So much. I mean, he he really really took advantage of that 10 seconds. Although then he's the same one that like at that exact moment, all the computers go haywire with the message confess. And so that one guy goes to his computer with Logan. And then that guy is also the one that goes to tell Eisner. Um, so we meet the boss, Keith Eisner, who is another invasion of the Hallmark body snatchers because this guy was a villain or something suspicious in a different mm. movie because I immediately was like oh he has guy. a very pleasant voice though I loved his voice well then I think he also was like in a traditional one where he was just like one of the town's guys who's mm. just like you know one of the Christmas tree farm runs a general store or yeah. whatever you know sells pumpkins and that's his whole job mm. for the whole year mm-hmm. so he makes his living Layla did reach out to Eisner, but he reported her to the robbery division for selling selling stolen property. So that's <clears throat> Yeah, this good. was a real this was like the loose Eisner's like the loose thread of the whole movie, really. Like it's very unclear. Did he actually hire Eric or like is he actually committing corporate corporate espionage? And then like this confess thing on the computer is just never addressed again and confess to what because he like did turn over the information and not use it so Uh, yeah yeah it doesn't it doesn't make a ton of sense why he's really there except I did um I couldn't I don't remember exactly what he said but when he was questioned about his affair with what's her name Patricia no yes Patricia he said that he said Something like, she is a remarkable woman. (laughs) And basically, that's all I have to say on the matter. Um, And I was like, I wonder where the passion in that relationship is. Maybe they don't need it. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, Candace and Chauncey have dinner together and solve his existential crisis by signing up for a cooking class. I loved Dumb. that for them. I loved it. Both Just, of their, they have major issues. Salt. And they're going to make 
pasta alla pomodoro. En arrabiata. Arrabiata. And, um, and never question their existence again. That's it? I guess that's it. That's cool. Well, that would be lovely. Thank you, Hallmark, for that info. Tess tracks down Gwen's daughter, who turns out to be Jesse slash Stephanie, who did time for hacking into the DOJ, etc. And shortly after that, Jesse trails Tess. And we find this is like a lot of information all of a sudden. Uh, we find out that Morgan was Jesse's father. Although he hired her without knowing that. And that she wasn't who she said she was, which I thought security was supposed to be super tight at XCAL because of the corporate espionage. Well, but I guess they didn't do a background <clears throat> check on her. We actually they did, and we she talks up she addresses this later, like right at, well actually during this scene. So Tess like finds her, and she's like, I don't know why you're following me. Blah blah blah. <gasps> Jesse. Um, when it was like clearly <laughs> Jesse, the whole whatever. So they go sit on a park bench to like have a heart to heart, where we once again see somebody just spill their emotional guts to Tess with for no comprehensible reason but anyways um Jesse so one little thread that Sackett told us about um Sackoff whatever sick kidney guy uh former partner of evil Bill Gates character um so we find out that XCal was they had this like basically like a data mining um, software that they were that they were testing, and so uh, they, I think that's how Morgan was able to find info on Sackett and like reconnect with him. Was he put his name into this like data mining whatever like data gathering software, which is apparently like so uh, uh, like elite of a software that like everybody's gonna want it. Um, which again is like a plot point at the very end of the movie. And we learn the motive for like all of this that has happened. Um, but so this, like this specific like data mining software is, um, so good that even though Jesse, a hacker that is so accomplished that she can hack into the DOJ, serve time, get out, get hired. She scrubbed her entire background. She's like, I, I worked really hard to scrub my entire background and history as Stephanie Rice from the internet and created a new and created a new Jesse identity. Alexander and like created a whole new identity and 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 like I believe that she's probably talented enough to do that but then like this data gathering program was strong enough to detect who she actually was which is how Morgan found out that she was actually Gwen's daughter and also his daughter she he didn't find that out oh wait I think that's, I think that once he found he, out she was Gwen's daughter, he was like, you're also my daughter. Yeah, how did, that's a good question. We didn't quite, we didn't get like that in and out detail, but I do wonder like if Gwen died in a car crash right after this was over, like did Morgan not know she had a daughter? Was it one of those like emergency C-section on a dying individual? And like, when did this pregnancy occur? So I did oh, have yeah, some questions about question. that. Yeah, when was this child born? Right, and, and. Okay, so I guess he could have told, found out from her birth date, like figured out Correct. that it was his. But yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Maybe it was. Who knows? She was a. She actually would have been a baby when her mom died. I guess. I, yeah, nineteen ninety three or something. I don't know. Anyways, Jesse is like now turned into sort of like an ethical 
hacker in a way. Um, but we, yeah, we get this like whole conversation about how they discover who she is. Yeah. And then it's the same thing with the sack off sack it guy, um, that they have kind of a little conversation there that like he managed to find out where he was and that he was sick based on this data, data collection. Mm-hmm. I think they also mentioned later that he did it on Patricia too, which I think is maybe how he found out she was having an affair with I think Eisner. so. Yeah. Um, and so there's all these like conversations about like, well, this is really scary. Or like, oh, we don't want the governments to get their hand on hands on this or whatever. There's a lot of like government equals bad guy talk. I don't I don't know that the government cares or is like organized enough to like do anything with that information. Oh but corporations sure would love that information Um, i think equally motivated so it seems more i i don't know it seems like a weird choice to make it like the government like we don't want the government to to get a hold of this well i think that's where jesse's like you know she hacked into the doj she has like some kind of paranoia of the system and so that's her thing is like she doesn't want the government to get a hold of this but when we when we talk later with the person who actually did the thing and like wanted to sell this information he's not planning on selling it necessarily to the government yeah it just seems more like like if you're looking for the motive is like to make you're we're going to make millions or billions of dollars off of this technology that like a corporation would be more um, somebody that we that would be making an offer on that or like would want that information so they could make money off of it. Right. You know, anyways. Uh, Logan shows up while Jesse and Tess are talking in the park and arrest Jesse for the murder of Layla Barnes because they found Morgan's hard drive in Jesse's apartment, which was really nice. For her part, I was like, whose apartment is yeah, this? Yeah, it's a really nice New York apartment. Jesse claims that someone is trying to frame her, and she thinks it's Eisner behind all this. And Chauncey and Logan chew Tess out for being with Jesse, but Jesse's the one that followed her. Right. Um, but Tess is the one who didn't call once she actively confronted a suspected murderer. She was like, let's have a heart-to-heart. That's true. Yes. I think it was a little triggering for me because I was chewed out this week and cornered into apologizing when mm. I uh, wasn't in the wrong, and let's just let's just not do that. Okay, agreed. Everyone, uh, they, including Tess, gather around Layla's computer while Kapoor is trying to crack her password. Her keyboard is really fun. Did you notice that? No. Can I get a keyboard like that? Sure. I have actually like a keyboard cover that came with my laptop uh, mm-hmm. case. But I, it's not super fun. And it also, I've discovered, makes it a lot harder to type. So actually, mm-hmm. I took it off a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago. But it's had, like, really fun letters and stuff. Like, that kind of stuff, like, really improves my day. Mm-hmm. If I have, like, a fun fun keyboard or fun mouse pad or something like that. Is that sad? No. I think you can get that if you want. So they're looking for the pa- trying to figure out the password. And Chauncey cracks it using old people know-how. And reconsiders retiring. Yep. He's like, ah, she wrote her password on a post-it note just like me. I guess I'm still in the game. I still got it. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely still wanting to take cooking classes. For sure. 
Logan and Tess swing by Excal to deliver the hard drive back to Viv, but instead, Logan gives it to Mr. Handsome, Paul Redford. And Logan gets an update on the phone from Kapoor while standing like two feet away yeah. from Paul and looking back like very suspiciously at him. Yep. Wherein he finds out that Morgan told Paul he agreed that the data collection program shouldn't be sold to the government, which would cost the company millions in lost revenue. So it turns out the murder is... Dun, dun, dun. My boyfriend, Paul. Whoops. He hired Layla to steal the hard drive, but instead she turned on him and tried to sell it. So he killed her. Yes. And spared Logan once, but he's not going to make that mistake again. I'm not going to make that mistake again. And that's as fake of a British accent as I would like to do in homage to his maybe fake British accent. Undecided. They have an amazing handsome off that I really enjoyed. It was like... Wow. Yeah. Tess is hanging out on her phone, waiting for Logan downstairs, and opts to stay away from this one, rather than interfering. One time. Rightly so, because he's literally only been gone like five minutes. Right. Like, she really has no reason to be like, <laughs> should I go and... Um... Nope, she comes up anyway, and sees Logan as being held at gunpoint and uses her voice to activate the alarm. And the worst stunt fighting I've ever seen ensues. Yeah. It was bad. It was really, really bad. It was like, and now I shoulder drop, <laughs> and now I knee roll. <laughs> I don't know if those are actual terms, like, but. Salomo, and then like <laughs> the quickest cuts, because clearly, like, with like the, whenever there was any actual like touching, like the heads were cut off. Yeah. It was stunt guys. Yeah. <sighs> I was glad that we got that. Um, just in case we forgot that in like the first few moments of this movie, they yes. called out the voice activated alarm system and said Tess could activate the alarm if she wanted. And you were like, oh, duh, she's going to do that later, obviously. Um, they still flashed back to it yeah, for us in case we were doing laundry. You might have been loading the dishwasher. Yeah. Tess kicks the gun to Logan and he shoots Paul, which I'm trying to think if I've seen someone actually get shot in one of these movies because it was kind of jarring. It's like, oh, have I, because this, does this ever actually happen? And he was like, fine. It was like the most bloodless, like, woo, gotcha, like nicked you on the shoulder. And he's like, oh, I'm out. (laughs) It's really funny. (laughs) Logan thanks Tess for coming to his rescue and gives her a little side squeeze. Mm -hmm. Asks her if she's okay, which he typically asks about three times a movie when she gets into mortal danger. Mm-hmm. Are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm, I, fine. I'm, okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm fine. Yeah. I really liked her outfit in that scene, by the way. It was a little I, different. I noted that as well. I liked yeah, it. I could never pull it off, but she looked really great. Yeah. Logan throws Chauncey an unretirement party, which is kind of weird, but nice, I guess. Yeah, I never have heard of that concept. And also, he like he's like, yeah, dad, <laughs> I knew you weren't going to retire. Right? And I'm like, I mean, how did you? He told you he was going he to. He told you he was going to retire. So it would have been, I think, nice if, like, he had known that he wasn't going to, like, if he had decided not to. Yeah. Um, But uh, Tig Notaro spoke recently after her stepfather died. Um, If you watched One Mississippi on Amazon, just FYI, uh, that his, her stepfather was portrayed very beautifully in that show. I love that show. I watched it twice. Um, 
he passed away recently. I took it very hard. Mm. And she uh, spoke about how we should hold parties to honor people, like, while they're still with us. Mm-hmm. Like, rather than, like, having a big thing for their funeral when, like, they're not around anymore. Mm. And so I did think that this was a good example of that so that Chauncey could feel valued and honored for his service and contributions before it was too late to enjoy it. Like, he could relish Mm-hmm. Like, didn't have to, like, wait until after. He was concerned because a friend of his had died, just died, like, of a heart attack or something, and never got that recognition. So, so I do, like, I think that was good. Yeah. I had that little party for him. Tess and Logan share a moment at the party while Tess is wearing a leather skirt. Yes. Another leather skirt. Mm-hmm. A different one, yeah. Yeah. It's, like, a different, yeah. She's got a couple. Still some stupid shoes on, but... Whatever, that's her thing. I also thought the blouse was a little. Weird. It was weird. It was weird. It was a weird combo. It wasn't one of those crotch snapping blouses. It looked a bit bunchier. No, I saw one of those at the thrift store the other day, by the way. And I was Ooh. like, oh my God, I could be like Tess. Yeah. You could. Mm. Logan shares that he's learning to let someone in, and that's because of Tess. Mm-hmm. And I did get butterflies, and I thought this was conversation was great and cute. Mm hmm. But also red flags were going up at the fact that Logan chose his job over his wife. Or is it just that she she had to set a boundary and, like, just couldn't deal with it anymore? And But and she was asking him not to fulfill his dreams, and that was an impossible ask. I mean, we all kind of rewrite the ending of our relationships, like, years later to just, I mean, you're not going to go into that, like, whole saga emotional breakdown or whatever with someone like 15 years after the fact you're like yeah you know we wanted different things or like yeah you know I chose my job over her like you sort of simplify it so yeah because it probably was more like years of him you know missing key dinners and milestones and not really being around very much and maybe they just like drifted apart and but that's not really a good hallmark like neat clean Actually, they don't do anything neat or clean, but, like, that's not a good, like, (laughs) plot, like, conversation for them to have at the very, very end of an episode movie. Yeah, I mean, my uh, man friend is a bit older than me, and his dad died of a heart issue, so I I tend to sort of, like, get concerned about he, he enjoys doing risky things, and I do not enjoy him doing risky things. Um, so I do worry, but then he feels like some of those things are part of who he is and are important to him. Mm. And so is it okay for me to ask him not to do those things? Like I get, Mm. I get both sides of the situation, but, um, I do love the scene and they play it so well, but I do wonder, like, do they see each other outside of murder investigations? Like, are we, well, she asked him on a date. At the end of the last movie, at the end yes. of Abracadabra. Yeah, so I'm wondering if, like, they've been hanging out and, like, going to hang out at the Magic Castle or going trying out different yeah. diners around the city. But, like, this is the thing. He did not, he had not seen her since she had gotten this haircut. So unless she got it, like, that day, they're not hanging out that much. Which makes sense because if they were hanging out that much and at, and, like, going on dates, like, but have never revealed to each other that they've been both engaged and married before. Like the only time that information comes out is in the course of another murder investigation. So they're, they're not like connecting 
on these events. I don't know if they're even doing anything. I would like to know what's happening in the in the interim, like yeah, because like I think it's great that he's having some uh, vulnerability uh, changes. Like he's he's having revelations. He feels like he's changing a bit. But is that just based on like when them hanging out during the murder investigations, or like there's got to be more See, interactions, this is... right? Because like also when Chauncey and um, Candace were hanging out, it did seem to be more like, oh, these people are sort of like becoming a little getting to know each other, familyish, yeah, yeah, like hanging out, like they're comfortable with each other, and but this was sort of like the the thing where I guess like. You know, the way that these movies portray relationships is, like, the the beats, right? Like, the high beats of the relationship. So, like, when we, like, reveal something to each other, when we have, like, a cute smile at each other, or like, when we have our first cafe date together, and, like, they don't do any of the in in inside stuff, like, the meaty stuff of a relationship, which, honestly, great, because that's a lot to deal with in your own life, like, let alone spend an hour and a half watching that on screen. So this is, like, our fantasy version I guess, ostensibly, of what Hallmark thinks that we want a relationship to be. But, like, it's just so surfacey that I can't, I, like, I've been in that relationship before and, like, I can't, it's painful to watch, like, that type of relationship play out on screen. And so I'm hoping that there's, like, some more development for their characters and, like, fanfic universe or whatever, but... Um, but yeah, it's like a very just sort of like skim the surface version of like what a romantic connection might look like between two adults past the age of 35. Also, it is a little, I wonder if it's sort of like, I've often wondered this, like with, I mean, we live in a, in a, a part of the country that's very religious. And so there is sort of the idea still that grown adults and this is something you see on hallmark is that like grown adults who are even like in their 30s or 40s are dating and they're not spending the night together they're not they're just like literally just dating like they're there's going no on kisses dates. there's no handholds like they're going to like a party together they're going to dinner together like there's no real life that's happening right and so i have often wondered this like that has to be so jarring when, like, you've just been going on dates for, like, a year or two years or whatever before you actually, like, get married, presumably. And then you're allowed to, like, spend the night together or live together or whatever. Or talk about anything deep and emotionally connecting or vulnerable together. Or just, like, have unstructured time or, like, where you're just, like, sitting around all weekend or whatever instead of, like, let's go out and do this thing together where we're going to dress up, we're going to be our best selves. Like, that's not where real life happens. And so, like, they don't... Couples that... I think there are actually couples who keep up those... Inter- like, that level of interaction for, like, year a year or more at a time. And then when they get married, it's like, oh, my gosh, like... There's, like, farting and, Mm -hmm. like, loading of the dishwasher Mm -hmm. incorrectly or correctly. Mm -hmm. Or, like, this constant issue my boyfriend and I have about how to, like, how to do the dishes. Like, he wants to use this disgusting sponge. He thinks it's disgusting that I use my fingers. (laughs) 
God. Like, that's the kind of stuff that, like, maybe very religious people who just sort of, like, just strictly date before they, like, move in together or get married or whatever. They're not going to experience any of that kind of stuff that's, like, the real... Yeah. Real life stuff. Yeah. Like, I do wonder sometimes, like, that has to be really jarring. Yeah. Interesting take. I think eventually, as we move forward, I'd like to explore the, like, religious, like, Christian thematic elements of these series. Because that does, it happens more, like, in Aurora Tea Garden. Candace Cameron Bure is, is very religious. And so, like, in particular with her, like, there will be scenes where, like, she has been, she's engaged to this man. They've been together for like two years and she might be getting murdered. And like, she's like, well, let me make up the couch for you or. So you can stay and protect me through the night. Or there's like a whole conversation around like, it's very clear that he's never spent the night here. That he like has his, like you, that you never spend the night together, that he does not stay here, that he would absolutely sleep on the couch and not with you. Like, it's a very clear line, like, we are not fornicating because we are not married. Mm. It's a very, like, it really, they hit you over the head with it, for sure. Um, But I think that's realistic for a lot of people. Maybe not a lot, but for... For, like, our region. For our region, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're only seeing that side of somebody where, like, they're dressing up. Like, like what is Tess like when she's not wearing her stilettos? And her, her leather jacket. Uh-huh. Good question. We'll uh, yeah. never know. We'll never know. Um, there's a little bit of that in um they're all the All My Heart series with uh Lacey and Brennan. Okay. They do actually I'm a little confused because they think that they do they're like engaged, but I think they own a they own an end together. Oh. This, these are all spoilers, just FYI. Okay. I'll f- I know that I will forget. So it's In case okay. you, when you're watching a romantic Hallmark movie, you don't know that they're going to get married in the end. Um, sorry about that, to spill those beans. <laughs> um, but I think they kind of live together in the end, but I th- maybe they have different bedrooms. Anyways. Okay. Uh, personal cats out of personal bags. Did anything hit home? Yeah, we talked about one of the personal cats initially, which is just like this idea that Tess sort of very vaguely and lightly touches on in the cafe that you should go with your gut. And if things don't feel right, sometimes that it's not that just because something doesn't feel right that like, wow, I need to like overthrow everything, but that's enough of a reason to question. And if you do decide to like really change your trajectory or your relationship or whatever, based on that gut intuition, that like, it's okay. Like you can trust yourself and you can just make a decision that maybe you can't fully justify to anyone outside of the experience. But if you can justify it to yourself and know that like this just wasn't right, that's enough of a reason. And I, and I, we have talked about empowering each other and empowering, you know, hopefully people that we know to, to move forward in their lives, making those decisions and understand that like life is a lot of change and flux. And like, we, you know, we do need to embrace this idea like Candace isn't always going to love opera. Um, she's going to change it to Italian cooking. And like that's obviously very <laughs> reductive uh, for this line of thought. But um, but yeah, so that that resonated with me, um, despite the fact that 
I mean, that really wasn't a major focus of anyone's conversation. Um, the other thing that was a sort of personal cat is like, while I was watching this movie, I'm not entirely sure what motivated me to deep dive on Brennan Elliott. Oh, Logan O'Connor. Uh, but so his wife mm. in IRL um, has stage four metastatic gastric cancer <gasps> um, and has been battling this for, for a while. Um, and they announced earlier this year that she is currently has she's um, she's like in medical terms, like she has no evidence of cancer. She has no evidence of the oh. disease. So whatever treatment and surgical regimen she's been on seems to have like put her in a great position to move forward. Hopefully, fingers crossed for her and their family that um, they can move forward, you know, with a little bit of cancer-free vibes in their lifestyle. But Is that type of cancer usually have like a an okay prognosis? Well, anytime you get a stage four metastatic diagnosis, they're there's yeah, generally, right. I mean, it's different with different cancers. Um, they didn't say specifically what type of gastric cancer she has. Um, but, um, you know, stage four metastatic is just never great. Uh, but the different stages vary quite drastically when it like comes to specific cancer type. So um, I don't know. I don't know her specific type of cancer. I don't know her prognosis. But I just, I you know, you and I have a close friend that has a rough diagnosis as well with gastric cancer. Um, and then I also have that going on in another part of my life. Um, and so that was like kind of a weird beat to hit in this movie where I took a, like a little mental break from watching it and, and deep dived on Brennan's life and his Instagram. Um, and I just, I, it was, they just seem like a lovely family. They have two boys and, um, this and looks yeah, so she's beautiful. She's beautiful. She is, I think, embodying the spirit of um, someone who is choosing to fight on a stage four cancer journey. And that's not everyone's choice. And that's OK, too. Um, but I I this is this has been a huge part of my personal life for the better part of a year now. Um, and I, it's. Yeah, so that was a real like weird personal cat to come wow, out. That I had no idea. Was not really connected to the movie or the thematic elements, but um, but yeah. So wow. Brennan's Brennan's got a lot going on in his life. He does. Also, guy, he's really good looking. He's really he's yeah he's very good looking. Um, it's yeah. He's actually weirdly better looking on his Instagram in than he person. is on camera. Yeah, that's, I mean. I think it's the makeup. I think he probably wears more makeup on screen okay, yeah. and it cakes him up a little bit, but. Wow, yeah, just some like candid shots of him just I was like, whoa. Yeah, he's a cutie. He is a cutie. Well, that's interesting to hear. I had no idea. Yeah. Gosh. Fascinating. So young. Do you have any personal cats? Um, I did. Wow. Tess and Candace's conversation about needing to have more fun and Tess listing off all the things on her plate. She literally says things will slow down after next week. Those are the literal words that have been coming out of my mouth like Aww. every five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I have heard I that from you a lot. God. And Candace, uh, she even says that she's playing in a gala. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> Alert. Candace uh, uh, said... Saying when you give to everything else, you leave nothing for yourself. That really hit mm-hmm. home for me. Mm-hmm. I, really I thought it might. It. I thought of you when that line came out. 
Oh boy. Which is interesting because I remember when this film was being promoted, that was the clip that they used was uh, Tess like walking down the street with Candace saying, mm-hmm. I've just been all work, no play. And I feel like that's mm. definitely describes my life right now. Uh, who are you attracted to? Uh, specifically, I was attracted to Frank Lamb's checkered you. green shirt. Yes, okay. And also him. He was so adorable, like such a cute dude. I was, I really liked that. And I loved the checkered green shirt, like so much. Um, that was it for me. Okay. I Well, for the second time in a row, the murderer is on my list. Oh, that's right. Your boyfriend, Paul Redford. Uh-huh. Um... Fanfic for side characters. I thought Jessie seemed kind of fun, like maybe a movie about her and her hacker community. That could be cool. I kind of think uh, Chauncey and Candace Cookie and Adventures, like as a, like a little mini series. Stay tuned. Could be super cute. Uh oh. Uh huh. Oh no. We get a little of that. Okay. Uh huh. I'm excited. Yep. Um. Well, how about the steam level? Did you get any butterflies? Or? Man, I actually got butterflies for Candace and Chauncey specifically, Aww. like during their date, because as we discussed, like they they seemed like they were like really making a connection, and like mm-hmm. Candace was very. I mean, you know, she, that's her job, but like she's a very she was very good at like listening and like connecting with him over what he was saying, and I felt like he reciprocated. Um, and I really liked that interplay, so I got some steam level there, and then I did feel like Logan was putting out more feelers on Tess and like there was a little bit more sparkiness flying. I do think I really have to calibrate my expectations for what constitutes steam in Hallmark movies. You do, yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm learning. Um, as, as we probably have mentioned, I am very new to this genre of movie um, and this channel itself. So I... You're the expert, and I'm. I'm just. I'm here learning, and I. It is not steamy at all for what I would consider steamy, but uh, maybe it's like nice. I, I think I'm still at tepid water, actually. Okay, it's a little going back it's to not like hot tea. Victorian era or something where like just showing a little bit of your ankle was like T- very like titillating. Yeah, like that's that's where we are in okay. this world. Okay, yeah. All right, I will calibrate for the next one. Yeah, I do think he um, he definitely, like, was more vulnerable and just, like, just more openly, like, hey, I'm interested in you. Yeah. Like, offering to give her a ride or to yeah. go to the diner with her or whatever. Yeah. And she seems very respectful. And to tell her, like, hey, I am changing emotionally. I can feel myself growing, and it's specifically because of you. So, like, I, I, once again, Tess has, like, no real emotional development, but, like, Logan does. And... Uh, that's cool. That seems like he is opening up his life to like possibly include this potential future partner. Mm-hmm. Maybe 10 years down the line <laughs> when he's 57 and she's 47. <laughs> um, they'll hold hands for the first time. We'll see. Uh, have you had any Hallmark IRL moments? I will say that you came to my fake birthday party and we're canoodling. Um just start, just hearts and eyes, just like gazing at each other in the corner, not talking to anybody else, and just sort of like in your own world. And I, yeah, oh gosh, that's I did do that. Um, yeah, it just kind of feels like right now I'm in that stage where everything feels very hallmark and exciting. Um, so nothing really specific that I care to elaborate on in this 
format, but um, <laughs> I I am having a real starry, hard-eyed run right now with my new BF, and Good. he is wonderful. Good. Well, you deserve that, so that's wonderful. Thank you. What about you? I did. Um, so uh, all I freaking talk about is this dumb gala that we're putting on on Friday, and uh, my boyfriend waited to the very last minute, so did I, uh, to pick out an outfit. Mm-hmm. And so he went, <laughs> he went to the men's warehouse last night and he texted me, um, not the full outfit, but like just him like in the suit part with like just the white shirt or whatever. And I gasped. <gasps> and I think we're going to have a serious Hallmark like traditional moment where he walks into the gala in his like black tie outfit and I'm going to be like, oh, Oh, I'm so excited for you. That's really fun. Yes. It was very, very attractive, very dashing, very, he's not like a, you know, he's like a scientist. Like he's not exactly the most like put together gentleman. Uh, but but seeing him in this like very dashing like put together outfit is very titillating. That hits you. Mm-hmm. Okay, I yeah. love that. So it's like classic Hallmark. Usually, of course, it's the guy. It's the when the woman walks up yeah. to the gala <laughs> right. or the ball. You are a pretty princess. Yeah, um, and like the guy who's a, f- a prince undercover uh, throws a ball or whatever and. She's the nanny or mm-hmm. whatever. And she takes off her glasses and mm-hmm. is comes into very the, attractive all of a sudden. The ball and looks amazing. And he's like, oh, my gosh. I could see a life with this person in this ball gown and four hours of makeup and hair. <laughs> <laughs> but only this person. Uh-huh. Um, no, that's really exciting. I hope I get to see prom photos of you guys yeah, together. We'll see. Okay. Well, that's it for this week. Um, you've been listening to... Hallmarked for murder.